Hi guys, welcome back to Manic Podcasting. My name is Amanda, I'm your host as always. And today we welcome Chris, who is a local Chicago photographer. We talk about being a touring photographer, who his favorite photographers are, and we delve into some other topics, including mental health, namely what it's like living with functional depression and how Chris handles that on tour and otherwise. So let's make some noise. Let's just jump right into the gist of it because I want to know everything about the tour you just went on. It was like a it was like a stacked tour. It was like some big names. So tell me a little bit about Yeah. Well, I just went on tour. Um, I toured the band called Belmont. That's like my main band I toured with. Shout out to Belmont. But, um, shout out to Belmont. Let's set a new LP. Mm-hmm. So we went on tour with Senses Fail, um, Amity Affliction, and Silent Planet. That was so, um, yeah, so um, it was it was crazy. Uh, actually, it was just well, way bigger venues than I know I'm used to being in, and mm-hmm. they're used to playing in. So it was like you know you got between like 750 to like 3,000 people Ooh. depending on the night. So it was it was pretty crazy. Did you find any difficulty, like, shooting the bigger shows than you normally would the smaller shows? Or was it more fun? Uh, I will say the way, because um, Belmont was the opener opener, so mm-hmm. it was just like they were the first ones to go on. So you pretty much get the shit into the stick with everything. <laughs> right. So, um, so, like, when it comes to, like, the stage is just like cluttered with equipment because the headliner's equipment is already on. Mm-hmm. So you gotta like put your stuff in front of their stuff. So it's just like cluttered. And then um, they have the headliners had uh, like a whole lighting team and everything yeah. that they had. Mm-hmm. Well, we just use house lights every night. And the house guy was like, I'm not even about to do you know, crazy light work because I'm about to be off in like 30 minutes. So, yeah. But, um, other than that though, I mean, it wasn't bad. You know, some venues were better than others, you know, but at some of the big venues where I'm like, it's 2000 people here and you just have like terrible lighting. I'm like, you gotta go out of your way to make the lighting that bad. Yeah. What was your favorite venue to shoot at? Um, favorite venue of the tour for me probably was we played at the the House of Blues in Orlando and Ooh. at Disney World. That's crazy. So that was probably the craziest show we had um, next to like New York. Um, and New York was probably... New York was pretty much just crazy because that was my first time in New York and we played at the PlayStation Theater in Times Square. <gasps> so That's it was wild. just crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. So that was probably one of my favorite venues just because of where it was at. But one of my favorite venues I shot, one of my favorite shows was Orlando. That's awesome. So how fun was that whole tour for you? Like, tell me a little bit about your experience. I know I'm not in the band, but I mean, you're going to hear me say it all the time, us and we. For me, at least, it was it was pretty good. It's just weird when you're not headlining yeah. that how everything changes. And then when you're on a tour of like that level, it's so many moving parts in that tour mm-hmm. that it's just kind of like, it can be overwhelming at first, 
but once we got like the hang of everything and you know got to meet everybody i mean everything was more relaxed but it's just like you know being at the venues like super early for like loading and um having to like do sound check real early and stuff like that when we usually normally get to venues at like five o'clock or something for like headliners now we got to get to the venue no later than like three three thirty so it's like wherever we stay in that if it's an eight hour drive we got to leave earlier we got to do more stuff to make sure we're there on time because we can't just pull up to the venue at 4 30 like hey you know we're here because right. other people got sound check and then they had meet and greets that started at five so everything like had to fall into place like every day or else everything was just going to get messed up right oh gosh that sounds stressful did was there um was there like a really good reaction to belmont set because i feel like that's a really mixed genre did they react really well to belmont i feel like they would uh, yeah, because I feel like with Belmont, they, like, they're good at pretty much, like, crossing over yeah. to different genres. Right, like, you know, they're, it. like, pop punk kids can like them, um, then you got the metal kids like them, um, and then you got, like, the older generation yeah. um, that, you know, come up to them. Like, they had a lot of people come up to them afterwards, like, yo, you know, this is my first time hearing y'all, and I loved it. That's so, so it was a good. It was a good mix of everything. Some days we had better days than others um it's it's funny when you perform in front of uh like because they have like the meet and greets and the people that come in early so you have like people standing in front yeah just looking like they're like silently judging you but they're just waiting <laughs> for the headliner so right. they just doesn't look like they have having fun at all until you know amity collection comes out right 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 oh gosh i imagine that must be stressful <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> so being on how long were you guys on tour for? The dates were January 4th, and the last day was February 9th. Oh, wow. But um, unfortunately, the first day was in Cali, so we had to go to Anaheim, so we had to leave on New Year's Day. Oh, my gosh. And we had to drive. It took us 38 hours to get to California, and then the last day after the tour, we left on the 10th, and it took us, like, 34 hours to get back. Oh, my so, gosh. So we were going from January 1st to February 12th. So it was a long boy. Yeah. So how is dealing on the road for you guys? Because I know that a lot of you kind of, like, deal with your own personal stuff that you got going on. So how do you kind of, like, cope with that and deal with that on the road? Does it, like, help it? Does it make it worse? Does it feel like a vacation? Like, how is that like for you? Honestly, for I, I can only speak on my experience. Right. But for me, at least, it's like, it's like a good mix. I'll say that, like, you have, like, the, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to all these different places. Like, it's, you know, dope seeing these different things. It's like a vacation. Yeah. Then you have, like, the oh, my God, like, I'm stuck in a van for 12 hours on this 12-hour drive. I'm about to go crazy. Like, I need to get out. So it's just like, uh, and then, you know, by the beginning of the tour, everybody is like, hey, what's up? Like, we haven't seen each other in a while. We miss each other. And then by the last day, everybody is just ready to kill each other. So, <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a mix of 
all emotions for me at least. But I, I will say for um, you're so busy all the time, it kind of like you're kind of like on a high mm-hmm. a little bit. So it's not like as bad like coping with like certain things. But when you have like all that downtime in between, that's when it kind of like kicks in, I guess. Yeah, that's when it hits you on the long drive. Yeah. Do you find yourself enjoying the longer tours then than the shorter ones in terms of your mental health? I will say I'm indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm indifferent. Like this, this one was a good tour, so it was like a fun tour. So yeah. it it wasn't like bad. Not saying well, like we've had a bad tours in the past, but like yeah. it's been tours where it's like a week or like let's say like. 15 days or something like that when it's not as fun as like a tour like this yeah or like one of my funnest tours was a shorter tour that we had so it's just it just honestly depends uh but this one was kind of like a it was kind of like a mellow tour it wasn't too hype it wasn't too like bad it was just kind of you know pretty much a good i give it a seven out of ten oh. <laughs> it was pretty good that's awesome so what tour are you going on next I'm actually going out with two local bands. The bands are called McKenna and Capital Vices. Nice. So I'll be going out with them and shooting with them for a little over a week. So that should be fun. Awesome. I'll have to check them out. So do you remember a time in your photography career where you just like look, you're in the middle of like, like, like your aha moment, you know what I'm saying? Like when you looked up and you realized like, oh shit. This is literally what I want to do for the rest of my life. What was that moment like for you? <laughs> oh, I have, I literally have those moments all the time. That's so good, <laughs> though. That means you're on the right it's, track. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me, like, because, you know, growing up, like, Emily Affliction was, like, one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, and one of those times, like, before I did, like, photography and stuff, but, like, in those times where I was, like, you know, just like an emo kid, and I was just listening to music, and I, they got me through a lot, so, like, it was just crazy, like, being on tour with them, and, like, seeing that every day, and then, you know, yeah, I'm not taking pictures of them, necessarily, Yeah. Um, I'm not working for them, I, I did take some pictures of them, but <laughs> I wasn't working for them, but it's just, like, seeing the whole process, and seeing, like, a, like a full circle moment, and it's just kind of, like, wow, I used to listen to them in my bedroom. Now I'm on a full U.S. tour with them. So it's just like, that's it's crazy. crazy. Just like how life works. Yeah, that's yeah, it's so, so crazy cool. how life works. That's like me. Okay, so back in the day in middle school, I was like super obsessed with the Jonas Brothers. That would be like me being able to go around tour with Jonas Brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like you being able to like interview the Jonas Brothers. I would be fucking <laughs> psyched, dude. Hit me up, Joe Bro, I'm ready. <laughs> What for you is the worst part of it all? Because it sounds like you like love it and it's like really a positive thing for you. But what's the side of it that like you don't normally like slash or you can say, what about photography are you like irritated with that you'd like people to know? You know, because I feel like a lot of times people on Twitter and like a lot of the photography 
people that I follow are like, yo, it isn't all sunshine and roses. Like, these are the other aspects that we struggle with all the time. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think. Well, I know me personally, um, I want to quit photography every day. So, <laughs> um, I still do it. But, um, yeah, you have those moments where, um, especially because photography is so competitive, yeah. and then when it comes to like the the music industry in general is competitive. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to photography, and you have like, let's say, you know, a big band like Amity Affliction, like some nights, you know, it would be like fifteen other photographers in the photo pit. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's like you mentally, it's like I don't want to like think of it as a competition but like I have to get in this photo pit and take better pictures than all of these other people <laughs> right. so so it comes with like a you know it's good to have like a little competitive nature but when it gets to the point of like a you're like a lot of self-doubt comes into play and stuff like that um when it comes to photography and you think of like oh I'm not where I want to be or I know I want I wish my picture would have looked like that yeah. or you know, pretty much with every any any type of artist, when you care about what you're doing, you don't want to put out anything other than the best of what you can do. Right. So if you feel like it's not the best, or you feel like it doesn't compare to other people's, it just kind of like it's like a gut punch, I guess. Yeah, Ooh. I get a lot. I get that <laughs> a lot with writing as well, like comparing myself to other writers and looking at their stuff, and especially I feel like you could probably relate to me on this one with the whole like Instagram thing especially because Instagram is such a saturated market with both writing and photography that a lot of people are always like I see some like no shade to anybody who does Instagram photography but some of these motherfuckers (laughs) say the dumbest shit and it's like and they and they will they'll literally have like a hundred thousand likes and I'm like how You literally, you literally wrote potato. Like, how do you have 100,000 likes? Like, I'm confused, you know? It makes you, like, and it is disheartening when you see your craft not being appreciated in the way that you would like it to. Yeah, that's definitely um, another thing I had to learn, too. Because, I mean, I'm pretty fresh when it comes to photography. I've <laughs> been... I mean, I've always kind of been into photography, but I was never, like, a photographer. Yeah. Um, I brought my camera, like, I think it'll probably be, like, four years ago now, um, maybe five years ago. Um, But I brought my camera, and I had no intentions, like, of, like, you know, doing what I'm doing now, of course. I was just kind of buying it for, you know, my kids. So I was, like... That was when my daughter was born, and I was like, I was like, you know, my dad had a nice camera growing up. Like, let me buy a camera. <laughs> so when I first started and took like my first like concert pictures, mm-hmm. that's when I was like, oh, like I really do love photography, and I really want to do this, and I want to continue to do concerts. But when I first started. Nobody knew who I was. Yeah. <laughs> so. And now um, a lot of, I like, mean, you're, like, pretty popular. Like, you're out, you're really out I, here. <laughs> I mean, 
it's not because you're not just buying pictures you're buying my artistic like my artistic view on the situation pretty much yeah yeah definitely i don't think i really realized all of the work that went into it until i started editing photos myself and i take photos for my events and i literally just point and click and then like i go home and i have to like go through them and edit them and I, I'm, I literally have just, like, a regular, like, old-ass digital camera, like, nothing special. And, like, still the editing that I have to do is fucking difficult. And I'm, like, okay, so if I were an actual photographer and, like, I had to do, like, 400 photos versus, like, 98, I would be pulling my hair out. <laughs> Especially with, like, with a system like Lightroom or something. I would, it's a lot. And I don't think I realized it until, like, I did the bare minimum of it. <laughs> and I was, like, oh, my gosh.
would like FaceTime her and show her like whenever I was around like dogs and stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> and so she told me I had to take pictures of every dog that I meet <laughs> so that she could see them all <laughs> when I got back home. That's so, so cute. Yeah, so it, it's, it's definitely a... Uh, this definitely has upsides to mm. it. At least she's cool with it. Right, right. She's not mad at you for it. <laughs> right. Give it a few years, though. Maybe when she's a teenager, it might be a different story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It might be. She, well, she already a little sassy, but I can <laughs> imagine when she gets, like, 14 years old, how it's going to be. <laughs> so, I also wanted to ask, because I'm just personally curious, what is your ultimate life's goal in terms of photography maybe not even in terms of photography maybe in general mm. what do you hope to accomplish i always I like asking people this question because it's extremely complicated and it takes me at least 25 minutes to think about something but i like yeah. to see other people's input so i can know personal input for future reference if anybody ever asks me this question <laughs> um I feel like when it comes to me and my photography, like, I love photography. Um, you know, I would love to do it for the rest of my life. But at the same time, I kind of look at this as, like, a, a like a, a way into, like, the music industry and, yeah. like, that type of thing. So I, my whole thing is, like, I want to, you know, like, I'm trying to work on more stuff outside of just, like, music photography, like, this year, like, I, yeah. you know, want to expand on, like, my wedding photography, I'm trying to get into more videography, nice. um, I'm actually trying to, uh, currently write a script for some short films, That's um, awesome. so, so I'm just really trying to, I don't know, I'm really, I guess, not to sound, like, cliche or corny or nothing, but I'm really just, <laughs> in love with art right now yeah, and like sure. expression so i'm trying to whatever i do is wants to pretty much i want to have some sort of like outlet and like for self-expression so no matter no matter if i become a hollywood director or a famous photographer or you know motivational speaker whatever i do it wants to some type of like artistic expression i want to be able to express my thoughts and everything fully pretty much oh yeah i could see you being a being a motivational speaker doing a ted talk or two (laughs) yeah i I talk way too much and uh, already and post way too much on social media so yeah i don't see why not (laughs) yeah no i have the same problem (laughs) yeah i wouldn't even call it a problem i think it's a tactful skill yeah exactly you got to be real strategic with it yeah exactly And I think that's a cool thing about you, though, as well, and your photography and your career, is that you're constantly networking with people, you're constantly making connections with people. I've never heard one bad thing about you in my entire life, and you just, like, give off such a good spirit and such a good energy to the people around you, and you stand up for things that are right, and I think all of those things 110% matter when you're putting art out into the world as well, because art is a reflection of yourself, and I think that you know, your work definitely does a really good job of reflecting that because you do really good with with the lighting that you do. And there's a certain sense of, like, what I've noticed just from your pictures personally. It's like there's just a certain sense of, like, light to it. 
I'm not talking light as in like lighting. I'm talking light as in like energy or like spirit. You know, you can just kind of like feel how you were feeling in the moment when you take the picture. And I think that's really important. And I think that's really awesome. Thank you. I try to I try to be a decent human being. So <laughs> I'm glad nobody nobody's uh has any bad things to say about me <laughs> at least yet. <laughs> but uh even when I uh, even when I have my my debates with people and stuff like that. Like, I always tell them, like, hey, like, it's all out of love. Like, I'm not angry or I'm not nothing like that. It's just a debate, you know? Yeah. I feel like people don't do that much more, but I like doing it. Right, exactly. Me too. I always try to be civil in debates, especially when, you know, especially nowadays, how the current political climate is so divided. It's important oh, to kind God. of, like, yeah. What is, like, the most rewarding thing? Let's be positive now. <laughs> What's the most rewarding thing for you about the whole process? From, like, the touring to the taking the picture to the editing process to sharing it with your kids. Like, what about it is, like, the most rewarding thing for you? Um, I guess the most rewarding thing, because, um, like, every photo I take, like, you know, that's my baby. So, yeah. like, <laughs> um, the most rewarding thing for me is just getting – recognize not even like oh I gotta get a million likes it's just like from people that really like I have people all the time that you know connect with me and tell me how much they love my photos or even like bands like that I looked up to posting my photos and like oh. people I look up to telling me how good I am with my photography like to me like that's stuff like I will never get tired of yeah. like I have so many people, you know, that message me and they're like, hey, like, I, you know, if it wasn't for you, like, I wouldn't be doing photography. Like, I saw you doing photography and you inspired me to buy a camera and you're the reason why I'm doing photography now. Like, stuff like that. I'm like, it just makes everything work it, worth it. <laughs> it just makes it like, you know, I must be doing something right. That's so awesome. Yeah. So who is your favorite photographer? Local or national or whatever? Famous, super famous, not famous? For me, it, it, it varies. Um, I have like a, well, my favorite photographer is this guy. He's called Harris Newcomb. If you don't know him, you should check him out. He's from the UK. He used to take pictures for, like, one of my favorite bands. He's, like, super dope, like, when it comes to, like, portraits. And, mm -hmm. Like, his, I'm I'm real into, like, the moody, like, vibes and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And his photos just bring out so much emotion and everything when it comes to that. It's just real artistic. You, you can definitely see his picture. If you walk into, like, a mansion or something, you can just see his big portrait that he took on the wall or something like that. Like, that's just the type of person he is. So that's, that's like, one of my favorite photographers to look at. Oh, I'm looking at him. Oh, yeah, well, I see exactly what you mean. Yeah, you, you see, like, he's, like, amazing. And, like, the way his photos pop, the way his the way he makes the eyes pop in his mm -hmm. photos, the, the greenness, the rawness in his pictures are just amazing to me. He, he did like a, I think like a pop-up shop kind of like gallery thing and it was mm -hmm. called uh, Humans or something like that and it was just different portraits that he had taken and it was just ridiculous. 
he's definitely one of my favorite photographers of all time. And then it's another photographer, a portrait photographer that I love, and his name is, mm-hmm. I think it's Luke Montana, but he does, like, portraits for, like, pretty much headshots for all the stars and stuff in, like, Hollywood, and he, you've definitely seen, you know, his pictures, where you've seen, like, headshots of, like, different stars and stuff, you've definitely seen his pictures, and he's a real down-to-earth guy, like, I've even messaged him before, and, you know, yeah. he's given me, like, props and stuff like that, yeah, so it's just, so awesome. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely crazy, um, so that's, that's two of my, uh, favorite photographers. I can and see I'm that, though. I can kind of see the influence yeah. in your work as well. Yeah, so, um, and then when it comes to, I'm not going to name a bunch of photographers. I'm just going to name one. But right now, I have a favorite photographer um, at the moment that I'm obsessed with her work. And her work, I mean, her name is Amber, but her Instagram is, like, Amber Tam. And, like, her pictures and her video is just ridiculous. So, like, I'm just obsessed with her work right now. But uh, if you haven't checked her out, definitely check her out. Yeah, for sure. I definitely will. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Do you have anything else that you would like to input or talk about? About you personally? Mental health? Writing? Anything else? Uh, I mean, did you? I don't know if you seen my post uh, today on Twitter. I was in one of those moods and, you know, well... You're, like, the only person, one of, like, three people that know that I, like, write poetry and stuff yeah. and, like, kind of, like, journal a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I was in one of those moods, and I couldn't really – I'm tired of just writing, like, sad-ass poems and shit. And <laughs> I don't even call them poems. I don't, I don't even know what to call it, just sad-ass, like, writings. <laughs> so I was just, like – hey, let me talk about, like, mental health today and, like, do a little educational piece for people that don't know. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It just popped up on my feed. I see it right now. The common misconceptions about dealing with high-function depression and anxiety. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, talk a little bit about that. What are the common misconceptions? And I mean, you can just read your thread if you want, or you can talk about it. (laughs) Because I'm curious what that's that's like for you and how you kind of, like, deal with that and you know work around it on the road yeah so when they yeah when i when i basically had to explain to people because when i first started like being open about like my anxiety and depression um a lot of people didn't understand where i was coming from and kind of felt like what do you mean like you're depressed and you have anxiety because i'm one of those people that like I said, I'm I'm high functioning, so I do stuff. I go out, I you know, go on tour, I I socialize with people, I talk a lot, you know, stuff like that. But people don't understand, like, yo, you can still deal with issues personally and not you know, not just be like at home, you know, curled up in a ball. Like right. people put depression and anxiety in like a box. Right of like, this is how those people act. So when it comes to that, like I've had friends and family members, you know, tell me like, you know, well, how are you depressed? Like, <laughs> I see you out, you smile, you laugh, and yep. all that. 
and they have no, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say it's they're just it's just people don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just talking about the people don't know because not everybody every case is different. No, no one person is the same. Yeah, we have similarities, but people tick differently. So basically, like like for example, the thread today, I was just common misconceptions like. I said one of my things was, hey, yes, my kids, I love my kids. They bring me joy, but that does not mean that they cure my depression when I had kids. <laughs> if, if not, that made me more emotional and, <laughs> and more, like, anxious than before with having kids mm-hmm. because now I have added stress. I do photography. I have my own business, so I have added stress of, like, when it could be something and be there for them mm-hmm. and provide for them. Right. So if I can't do those things, it just it just pretty much takes a toll on me. Right, definitely. That was um one of the things that I was dealing with and then um, you know, just explaining to people like, you know, when I'm distant, like, it's okay. I don't necessarily not necessarily everybody needs you to pull you out of like a depressive like slump. If I if I get distance and I'm like, yo, I need space, I need space because right. I do do so many things. Mm-hmm. I take care of a lot of people. I you know have to provide for a lot of people. I do everything. I tour, so it's like my brain needs a rest. So <laughs> it's like sensory overload. So yeah, if right. I don't stop, I'm gonna just go crazy pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think so, that's what a lot of people have a hard time understanding, too, is that, like, you can still be functional and be depressed, and you can still go out and, like, live your dreams and be able to do that, but, like, still be perpetually, like, almost incapable of doing normal things, you know? Like, I could sit here and record a podcast and edit it all day, but, like, you have me do a load of laundry, like, get off the couch and do a load of laundry. Like, I sometimes, some days, literally physically can't do that. Because something in yeah. my mind is just like no, and it's like those are the yeah. those are like the like the minute things that a lot of people don't get about depression and like dealing with it is that some days are better than others. Like you can't control what your mind is gonna do when you wake up one day, and people need to start being understanding of that because a lot of times people are really invalidating about it too. Like oh why didn't you text me back today and you haven't really even looked at yeah. your phone in like five hours you know yeah. i am i am terrible when it comes to that like, oh me too 100 percent. my mind like my mind is racing so much and i'm just like well especially as a recent i've just been like so out of it and like in a daze mm-hmm. so when i like i'll look at my phone and i'll like respond in my head or like i'll be like, oh, I'll text him back later. Yeah. But it's <laughs> then you like just forget. when I'm, you know, I just forget. And then now it's like three days later and I happen to like go into my notifications and look and I'm like, oh shit, like right. I never responded to this person. Now I feel like an asshole Sorry, because I didn't respond. So it's just like, especially me, I had to turn off, I had to turn off my uh, uh, notifications on like most of my apps and stuff like that. Because oh, I've never turned them on. I did. <laughs> You said you never turned them on? I know how I am. I never turn them on. <laughs> oh, man. It was, when I turned them off, that was the best thing I ever did for myself. Because I get so anxious because, like, so many people, I've always been one of those people where, like, people reach out to me 
and people like need me or I've always yeah. like been there for people. Right, right. So now when I wasn't, when I'm not able to do that, that makes me almost like feel guilty that I'm not able to do that. So when yeah. I see like a notification pop up on my phone, I feel like I have to respond. Yeah. Even if I'm in a bad place. Right. And it just makes me even more anxious. Right, for sure. Yeah, I get that a lot too. Because I'm like in my life, I'm kind of like that. People lean on me sometimes too. And I'll just be having like a really rough day. And then somebody else will be having a really rough day. And it's just like hard, yeah. to, hard to navigate that. Because how are you supposed to, you know, have somebody lean on you when you can't even lean on yourself <laughs> that day, you know? Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand that. So it's just... It's just when you're when you're a high functioning person, like you're saying, I, I do this and I'm not a quiet person, I'm a talkative person. Yeah. I know a lot of people. So it's just like people don't understand the concept of like I'm not okay. Like mm. I get depressed. Like <laughs> you know, post tour depression is a real right. thing for me. Right, I bet. It's like the crash yeah. crash after the high. Like I've yeah. been so busy for mm. thirty days that I haven't been able to stop and or like have too much time to like think because I'm overly like stimulated by everything. So now when I get home and I'm in a laying in bed or I'm by myself and now everything just starts flooding back in and it's just yeah. like the worst. Yep. But um I did that for like, a while. Oh like you're back, we wanna see you, we wanna <laughs> hang out, right. come over and it's just like no, I'm not trying to look at anybody, right. talk to anybody, answer my phone. I just want to lay here and just sob or whatever I want to do. Right, exactly. Yeah, I get that too. That's why <laughs> That's why I always try to... Distraction is the best method until it's not anymore, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And it's hard to navigate around that too as well when you also have anxiety on top of it. Like with my anxiety, it's super random. Like most of the time I'll be, I'll be completely fine. And then it'll just, like, randomly hit me out of nowhere. I'll start having, like, a really severe panic attack. And people, like, I'll literally be around people when it happens. And I'll be like, yo, I gotta go. And then they won't talk to me. And they'll be mad at me for, like, quote, unquote, ditching them or for skipping out on them. A lot of my friends are really, really, like, you know, they they understand. They they care. But people who, you know, don't know me like that get really offended by it. And it's, it's, hard, it's a hard thing to describe to people that that's what happened. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, you know, uh... That's why when I posted that today and I was just like, you know, you have to, um, well, I've learned is to not have expectations for other people. Yeah. And like, cause you know, sometimes like when we deal with certain things, you know, we had that voice in our head that's like, you know, they're, nobody even cares or they just look at me like they're supposed to know that I'm going through something or they're already <laughs> supposed to know when, you know, a oh, lot of yep. people well, just I know that don't one. know. <laughs> <laughs> right. They just don't know. So. That's why I have to explain to people, like, coming, like, my dad, I had to explain to my dad, like, when I first, you know, started, like, I've always dealt with, you know, depression, anxiety, but mm-hmm. I never really tried to claim it, because I yeah. hate how it's, like, romanticized. Oh, my nowadays. God. <laughs> so, like, I never wanted to claim it, and yeah. when I had gotten, like, when I finally, like, got in therapy and stuff like that, and I used to tell my therapist that, and she was just like, well, don't think like that, because you suffer with these things, too, Right. and it's okay to suffer with these things, you shouldn't have other people making you feel bad because you suffer with these things, yeah. so, 
Exactly. You know, once I started like really like dealing with it, I had to I'm, I had to be more open with people and tell them my feelings and not just like block everything out or hold everything in because the last time I really like was doing that and holding everything in and I had like a my first real panic attack was mm-hmm. like two years ago and that was one I like. I was just going through so much at the time and then I woke up in the morning and I think like I broke my glasses and I called my homie and I was like hysterically just crying like and I just could not like I could barely talk I was just crying my chest was hurting and I was just like I can't do this like I was on my way to work and I used to be a manager Mm -hmm. at Wendy's (laughs) so I had to go to work because I had to you know, let my crew and stuff in, but I'm just like hysterically just crying over something so simple, and I'm like, I'm just like, why am I crying over this? And it's just like not realizing, like, hey, like you've been you going through so much, you holding all this in, like it's gonna come out yeah, eventually. Yeah, impacted for sure. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, now I'm like more open, or if something is bothering me, I'm gonna talk about it, or I'm mm-hmm. gonna say it, like because I can't hold it in because I do not want to get to that point anymore. Yeah. Which is so good that you're like a voice in the community for that kind of thing. I think it's always important that people are open and transparent and especially males too because they have it really rough with the whole societal pressure of like, you know, suck it up, put on your bootstraps, go to work and all that exactly. kind of stuff. Exactly. And then, you know, especially me being like in the black community right. as well. So it's like, if men, if boys already here, like, suck it up, don't cry, like, be a man, if white boys hear that, it's times five for me <laughs> when my father, like, you can't show any emotion, mm-hmm. you can't show any vulnerability, because they're going to take advantage of you, they're going to think you soft, and if you're growing up in a rougher neighborhood, you got your friends telling you, like, yo, you have to act a certain way, you have to act tough, because if not, people going to try to punk you, mm-hmm. this, this, and that, and it's just like, this is like beating into your, like, head and beating into your core, like, DNA, to the point of, like, yep. you know, people, people be hurting, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm so transparent um, nowadays, because I'm like, you know, yo, like, when I first, like, made, like, a statement, not saying, like, I'm even, like, a popular person, but, like, I know a lot of people follow me and stuff, and they may look at my stuff, so I was like, yo, like, just so y'all know, like, I'm not okay, like, I struggle with this, and it's okay if you struggle with this, but it's not okay to just keep denying it and keep pushing it to the side, like, if you need some help, reach out for some help, you know, and I've had multiple people, like, hit me up, and you know, multiple, like, guys that I grew up in the with. It's just like, yo, I never really thought about this type of stuff or I never really told anybody this type of things and stuff like that. And it sucks that we have, like, such a negative stigma around mental health and yeah, talking about yeah. mental health in general. But when it comes to, like, that, it's just heartbreaking to me. So I try to be, like, the, the voice of the people a little bit. And if, if you see... You know, people that look like you, going through things like you, is easier than yeah. thinking, like, I'm not supposed to feel like this. Right, definitely. And I think that's so important. And honestly, kudos for you for that and for 
you know, genuinely caring about people and being able to be a voice for people. Because that's so important. I mean, like, that's the main reason why I started this podcast was just so I could, you know, give people a voice who need it and to let people know that, yo, you're not alone and people really do feel this way and listen to us talk for an hour about it because we feel you. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, even you, you helped me a lot because I used to always read, you know, poetry and stuff. (laughs) And I used to always be like, yo, you got some poems? What's up? (laughs) I know, you're not saying that. I always message you, like, yo, what's up? Because, you know, I'm not, like, super into poetry. Somebody that goes through, like, depression and anxiety, and they're expressing that in their work, it was just, like, I can relate to this. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, that's definitely it. that's definitely where it started with me, too, was in poetry. Like, I, I've been writing poetry since I've been in, like, fourth grade, and I remember the, like, moment I was... I was actually in high school, and we were doing, like, a creative writing circle, and I was just, like, because I've always been unapologetically, like, who I am and, like, what I'm going through. I've always been transparent because I've always believed it's, like, really important, and I've used writing as an outlet to do that, and so I was sitting in a creative writing circle, like, reading my poem, and then I just remember looking up, and people were crying, and just, like, that feeling of, like, people telling me, like, yo, I didn't think anybody knew what I was feeling. Like, I didn't think anybody could put into words the way that I was feeling right now, but you just did. And it's, like, I think that's so important, too, is to make people realize, like, they're not alone. Because that's kind of, with with a father like you, like ours, <laughs> like my dad and your dad fucking go to work, Um, It's definitely hard to kind of like embrace what you're going through and it's hard to talk about it or even acknowledge it or show it because of the way that it's stigmatized, even by our own parents. And it's just extremely unfortunate. So you kind of have to take it back. You have to be a fighter and, you know, just take it, own it, and show people that they can too. Exactly. And that's why... I appreciate you for what you do. And, <laughs> and I appreciate <laughs> you, know, you for you what you do. <laughs> you're right. You, you helped me and inspired me. I had no idea I would be journaling. And, like, when I get when I get in, like, a mood or if I'm, like, I just need to talk or, like, I, I don't want to talk to, like, anybody, I just start, like, just pull up my notes and just start typing and how I feel in that moment. And yep. it helps. It's so cathartic. It is so cathartic. I'm I'm so glad that, like, I use it as an outlet because I literally don't know where I would be if I didn't have that right now, you know? Honestly. <laughs> and I appreciate you uh, not yelling at me for blowing up your DMs with all my sad shit. Dude, never. You can always hit me with that shit. I eat it up. And you're so good at it, too, so it doesn't bother me. Not saying that, like, when people aren't good at it, it bothers me, but I hate when people are like, hey, will you edit my work? And then they send it to me, and, like, I see a ton of grammar errors or something, and then it's like, because most of the time when people send me stuff, it's never bad. Like, I don't think anything anybody's ever sent me has been, like, just terrible to the point where I'm like, no. (laughs) You know, I think it's just, like, a lot of times people send me stuff, and it's, like, just grammar, and it's, like, I feel so awkward when I'm like, yeah, you know, this punctuation point should be here and here and here because it's like it's poetry you know it's not a fucking fiction novel 
You know, they can do whatever kind of punctuation they want because I'm fucking crazy with punctuation in my poetry, so I don't really care. I hate it. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I love reading people's work and editing it and giving people advice and it's my jam. Yeah, I, I I appreciate it. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be a poet or anything like that, but it's just good to. You should. You're good at like, it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably only show like I probably only show like three people my poems. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad to be a part of the rare, the rare three. <laughs> right, it's you and my friend Bree, and that's pretty much about it. And she, yeah. she pretty much that's my person. So she goes through yeah. the same thing. So when I send it to her, she's just like, "Yo, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy." So um, I don't know. I'm, I was thinking about it. I'm, I'll eventually like, probably like, you know, post one or two or something on my. Yeah on Twitter to just to just to show people I guess not not like a hey I'm trying to do poetry but a, also like hey you know here's something I wrote right <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah I was gonna ask you something else but then it literally came into my mind and then it went away again oh yeah cause poetry it's cause I I thoroughly believe that you should keep writing poetry cause for one if you're gonna be a screenwriter like that's that's like having like every different art outlet you can to be a screenwriter or you know that would be great because a lot of because I can always tell when I watch shows or when I watch movies like what the script is like primarily focused in if that like what lens it was looked through you know because I can tell that a lot of a lot of shows and stuff are looked through like from a poet's eye, like from people who write poetry, because it's just like, it's 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 like different, and like when you spent a lot of your time writing poetry, I think it's oftentimes easy to see it as well. So I think doing every avenue you can would be great for that, for sure. One never really thought of that but now that you put it that way yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have a certain genre you want to go into like for your screenplays um well i'm like a i don't know i'm a very emotional person so i definitely want to do something like dramatic and then i also want to do like polar opposites almost like dramatic and then i want to do like horror Ooh. <laughs> But, like, psychological, like, horror thriller type stuff. Just yes. because I'm I watched, up in the head, so. I watched The Butterfly Effect the other day. I was like, I, this movie traumatizes me, but also intrigues me, and I want to see 17 more of these movies. <laughs> I, I love that movie. Yeah. Like, and anything that's, like, deep and emotional, like, I'm an emotional person, so I yeah. cry no matter what I'm watching. So, yeah. <laughs> like, um, just, like, watching different things is just crazy to me so um yeah I definitely want to do something like dramatic and then do something like horror just so I can you know pull at people's emotions pretty much yes that sounds awesome I'm so excited get started on it because I want to read it <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will I'll be shooting you um ideas and stuff and be like yo read this outline for me of what's going down and I'll be like yes and then I'll give you my notes and then we can <laughs> Oh, yeah. That'd be tight. All right. Well, anything else that you want to talk about or you want to say or 
tell the tell the kids oh. follow your dreams something like that <laughs> <laughs> right not to sound cliche follow your dreams um, <laughs> you know I don't know I guess whatever um, somebody told me recently like whatever whatever is for you is for you so I don't force things I just let things kind of like fall into my lap mm-hmm. um, and then you know I just take heed off of that like when it comes to like energies and karma and all that type of stuff so I just you know the only constant for example for me in my life is photography nothing else in my life works out but photography so guess what I'm doing photography (laughs) (laughs) so you know just pay attention to your signs and know your strengths and know your weaknesses and be realistic with yourself and you know if you're not okay you're not okay get some help so that way you can kind of get a grip on your mind and what's going on. So, yeah, that's all I pretty much got. I think you said it all. I think that was yeah. a really good synopsis of everything that we just went through. Right. <laughs> and also, right, um, shout, shout out to my kids, Aubrey and Hayden. <laughs> hell yeah. Um, y'all cool. Daddy yeah, cool. loves you. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter. I uh, apologize in advance um, <laughs> for, my shit, for my shit post, but uh, Kodak Chris underscore, and then my Instagram is A-O Chris, but it's pronounced like I-O Chris. <laughs> it's A-H-Y-O Chris. So, yeah, follow me, follow my work, and hit me up. And I will link it in the description for easy access, and I will post this on all the socials and tag you so that everybody can see what you're up to and look at all your fantastic photos and just see what you're about. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on to my show. I feel like I want this to be like a talk show. I wish I could be like, have like two really big couches and like some coffee and like a like a cast, oh. you know what I'm saying? Like I like late night with Amanda Stoddard. Like I feel like that'd be great. <laughs> I could be the new Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> hey, for real. You could just start, you know, making you podcast and a YouTube channel. So that's you can true. Do that. I thought about that. It's just a lot of work. So you can definitely have a visual with the podcast and just put out both and whatever people want to watch for or sure. listen. I could be Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Joe Rogan. Less problematic though. Hey, oh. Yeah, not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>